All right, so let's do a take two on this because for some odd reason, um, my file or my card needed reformatting and corrupted the last, what, 10 minutes that we yeah. started? Yeah, we had a whole piece of our show already recorded and there it went. Yep, so here we go again. Yeah, let's do a warning. This podcast may not be suitable for children. If you are easily offended or bothered by strong language or dark humor, this may not be the podcast for you. This podcast accepts no responsibility for butthurt feelings or erections lasting longer than four hours. Thank you. And welcome to What the Was That? I'm your host, Dwayne. And I'm Jill. And we've kind of had a What the Was That week. Yes. Um, we got stitches out on Monday. Which went pretty good. Yeah. My, my foot's healing and starting to become a foot again. It is. And I can get it wet, which means I can take a bath. Yeah. Not that she wasn't bathing prior to. She was just having to wrap it in a bag. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we had an unexpected death in the family and had to handle that uh, yesterday and today. Yeah, so it's kind of putting a, a damper on things. Um, and we're also planning for a family vacation next week. So right. this week was kind of supposed to be getting my foot healed and rehabbed a little bit and packing and preparing all the things that you have to do to take a big trip. And that all kind of went out the window. So Right. So So we picked a lighter topic this week. Um semi lighter. Yeah. Um it, it gets lighter than our first story. Um Which our first first story's not horrible. No, it's not. But we're we're gonna talk about some animals tonight. Um I think psychic animals is what you wanted to call them. Uh heck, I don't remember ten um, minutes ago. Yeah. Things have happened since then. Um maybe our board will cooperate and we'll get a whole show. Maybe y'all will get two and a half minutes worth. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is the fastest we've ever got into the show. Um, yeah, so we're going to have probably a shorter episode this week. Um, but we're hoping... Oh, I guess we do need to throw out. We forgot last time. Next week's episode will probably be late. Yes. We're not necessarily going to have a dark week, but we won't be releasing Wednesday morning. And the reason for that is... The topic we have picked out, we're actually going to get to go visit on Wednesday night. Right. So, we're not going to record it until after we go and actually visit. So, probably a Friday release at some point. Maybe Saturday. I don't know. Or, so, or it could just be a completely dark week. Yeah. But we're doing it because we're going to have some first-hand experience to share, hopefully. Yes. So... It'll be neat. It's going to be a good topic, so y'all will like it. It'll be worth the wait. Now, moving on to Oscar. Oscar. Not the Grouch. Not the Grouch. And we don't know if we're allowed to say that or not. Sesame Street, don't sue us. Um, this is Oscar the Hospice Cat. <laughs> Which sounds even weirder than... It sounds kind of cheery. Yeah. Oscar <laughs> the Hospice Cat. 
Oscar lived in the Steer House Nursing and Rehabilitation. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> the Steer House Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, and I guess, at least when this article was written in 2016, he was still alive and living there. Um, but he, he first came to the center in 2005. Wow, so he was there for a minute. Yeah. And the the center, obviously, it's it's a nursing and rehab center. Um, so it's it's lots of people that aren't able to take care of themselves. Lots of elderly people. And the cat was, was pretty timid. Um, Oscar would kind of keep to himself. He'd hide in closets, underneath people's beds, that kind of stuff. Well, Oscar started going and hanging out on the dementia unit. And unfortunately, on the dementia unit, that's where they put the people that are in full-stage dementia. Like, they need somebody caring for them, making sure that they remember to eat. You know, eventually with dementia, those people forget to eat and drink. And that's how they eventually end up getting sick and dying. Right. So, Oscar went over to hang out there. And the odd thing that started happening was he would pick someone and actually get up in the bed with them and cuddle with them. So... The weird thing about that was, is that, you know, he was a shy cat. He didn't, he didn't people. And the person that he picked was the next one to pass away. Coincidence? They thought maybe so at first. Um, But then after that person passed away, he gets up in the bed with somebody else. And that person was the next one to pass away. Two coincidences? He eventually went on a streak of 20 to 30 people mm. of getting in the bed and then being the next one to pass away. Well, you know, in the basketball world, if you can make the shot three times in a row, it's skill. So I'm pretty sure we're not coincidences no more. Yeah, and and there was some, some guessing about this. Um, one of the doctors said that, that maybe the cat was smelling a change in the person's body, like when their organs were shutting down, maybe they were putting off a scent or their cells were dying and putting off a scent that the cat could smell, but people couldn't. Um, and, and I will say, I mean, this, this is going to sound horrible, I guess, but have you ever been around somebody that you just knew that like they, like their body was shutting down? Like you, you knew it. Right. So... I mean, maybe people can pick up on some of that stuff too, um, but the the cat the cat wasn't cat wasn't killing people. The cat wasn't coming in there and like slitting throats with a claw, right. or like sitting on their face and smothering them to death or anything. Um, it's thought that the cat was actually going in to basically be a comfort to them while they were in their their last few moments days however long it would be um someone call him like the angel of death such a bad name for that (laughs) but some just kind of referred to him as like an angel that you know his his point in being was to 
keep people calm in those last moments or bring them comfort. And when we did this first round of this recording, (laughs) (laughs) you had actually mentioned like that, that our cats will, will notice when we're sick or in pain. And you know, when, when you were hurt. Yeah. I think, I think it was my, when I broke my leg. Yeah. Your, your cat would get up in the bed with you every night and lay right up against you and in sleep. Yeah. And since I had the surgery on my foot, the other cat has been actually in, she usually the closest, like she would like to lay on my feet before. Well, since I had my foot surgery, she's been laying literally curled up in my arms all night. Right. Which is not her style at all. Her style is more like pet me three times and then I'm going to bite you. Or let me pet you and I will walk away. And then I'm going to bite you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, and then the other cat, they, they like took turns. Like in here in the bed, Avery would be all laying on me and stuff. And then when I'd go out on the couch, Clark would take over and lay on me on the couch. Right. So they, they took turns with each other, um, nursing me to health, I guess. And I think I remember reading somewhere that the frequency of a cat purring is Stimu- actually... Is, stimulates healing. Sti- yeah, it stimulates healing. So, I mean, maybe they, they're they little animal doctors. Right. But they're animals. Animals have that sense. Yeah. So. And I wish, you know... and. You know, the whole time that I was actually hurting and not doing good. Well, I was doing okay, but was hurting from my surgery. She didn't pee on the bed, and now I'm doing better, and she peed on the bed today. <laughs> so maybe someone needs to be hurt, so she'll go in the litter box. <laughs> yeah, she goes through these spells, but I think it's one of those where she literally lays for so long and won't get up. We it, think she may sometimes do it in her sleep. Right. That she may be a little incontinent, getting older. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an ongoing thing, and I, Jill won't let me throw her out. No, I just wash the sheets and go on. But um, I guess really that's that's all there is about Oscar. Um, and, guys, if I seem like I'm not chiming in, I'm still having to answer a few texts from our... Uh, incident yeah yesterday. about our, our deceased so just kind of forgive me about that yeah so i'll i'll kind of carry things along because we're also trying to record a show with no edits because well we don't got time for that right. <laughs> so then the next thing we're going to talk about um is going to be animals that can make predictions and the the article that's kind of stemming from this is animals that can make predictions other than groundhogs so I guess that's working on the assumption that you believe that a groundhog can predict if there's going to be more winter uh, or spring see that? down a little further. Yeah. Um, there is no correlation between groundhog predicting and the weather for the rest of the season. It states that. It's yeah. just It says that they did an analysis between 1988 and 2010 in I guess statistically, Punxsutawney Phil is not very accurate. Um, but I think, 
I don't know how that one started. I'm not going to dig it up and find out. I've right. always thought it was a silly one because if the sun's out and he's not under a tree, he's going to see his shadow. And if it's cloudy or he's under a tree, he's not going to see a shadow because you can't see a shadow when there's a whole bunch of shade. So it really just depends on what the weather is that one day. And how do we really know if the groundhog sees the shadow or not? Right. Even if it's there. Maybe a groundhog doesn't realize that's a shadow. Maybe a groundhog thinks that's another groundhog. Maybe it thinks it's a ghost of a groundhog chasing him around. That's why they stay underground, so it can't catch him. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, groundhogs might not even realize it's a shadow. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they have that great a vision, do they? Uh, I don't think so. They live underground, so... What is it they use up in Albertville? Is it a possum? Uh, maybe. So, I mean, they're they're even changing the animals in different places, but they've now banned both of them, haven't they? I don't think they banned them. Puxatawney Phil's kind of a big deal. Yeah, but I thought the animal rights libtards were all over it, saying, oh, you can't have one of those, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know. I think, they, I think they still did it this last February, unless he had the COVID. Which is possible. Yeah. Animals do have the COVID. Yeah, but- so maybe the groundhog got the COVID. And, I mean, they've been doing it that long. I bet it's a different feel. Probably so. I don't think we've had the same groundhog since 1988. How long do groundhogs live? Um, Probably like a year, right? Probably. However long it takes for a dog to get them or a lawnmower. Oh, I said that, didn't I? Yes, you did. (laughs) That's true, though, right? Um. So, some people may have heard of this next one. Um... It's called the woolly bear. Do you know what a woolly bear is? Um, isn't that the caterpillar? Yes, the little black and brown striped caterpillar. Right. So, how did you do that? I need Two it. finger. Two finger down. All right. So, the woolly bear caterpillar, according to the Old Wives Teller legend, they're, they're like black and they have a brown stripe in the center and then they're black on the other end. So if they've got a little thin stripe, then it's going to be a mild winter. Right. If they got a big old fat brown stripe, then it's going to be a severe weather. So some experts say that the brown bands have nothing to do with the weather. That just happens to be an older caterpillar that you're seeing. Yeah, but you know what? I can kind of see how... Because the larvae are laid prior to the weather that's upcoming, and depending on the weather that we had, may determine the band, and that may help with a weather pattern. Right. Because, you know, weather is a pattern. It pretty much repeats itself. So. I mean, there's there's people, I mean, the older generations used to swear by this. Be like, oh, you better get ready and get your wood prepared and your, your gas stocked up and all this, because... It's going to be a bad well, winter. Did you see them woolly bears? Back in the day, we didn't have meteorologists, so. We had woolly bears. We had to <laughs> look at nature and see how nature was reacting because, you know, if you woke up in the morning and you noticed that the tree the tree leaves were drooping down, that was a good chance that it was going to rain that day because the trees don't need to hold the water for the weight and it hits the, the leaves and rolls right off. Oh, that just reminded me of the really raunchy joke oh don't okay go <laughs> mate like shit and leaf no 
about the lady who would go out fishing each day and her neighbor would see her getting her boat and one day she'd go out to the to the left and come back with a bucket full of fish and the next morning she'd go and go off to the right and come back with a bucket full of fish and he'd be fishing and wouldn't catch anything and so finally the neighbor one day stopped her on the way back in and was like how do you pick your fishing spots she says well I wake up in the morning and I look over at my husband and he sleeps naked and so if I wake up and his thing's laying over to the left I go to the left to go fishing and by things she means his penis yeah if I wake up and it's laying over to the right, I go to the right to go fishing. And he says, well, that's all fine and good, but what do you do if it's standing straight up? She says, honey, that ain't no time to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. So true. <laughs> Anyways, I don't Pretty know how good. we got talking about a penis and fishing and all that stuff from a woolly bear, but... Hey, it happens. <laughs> Um, but the woolly bear usually goes hand in hand too with the what are those seeds that they cut open persimmon seeds? Yeah, the one that's got the the, the spoon, spoon, the yeah. fork, or the knife. Yeah. So that's that's another one that that kind of goes along with that with predicting the weathers and how about the weathers? <laughs> the, I wasn't going to say nothing. The, I was going to let it drive on, but now that you've the brought winters. it up. Winters. <laughs> see, I'm not the only one that can't read or talk. <laughs> So moving on. Oh, see, catfish. See, we were talking about fish next. Yeah, there you are. Look at that. <laughs> catfish who can sense earthquakes. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's pretty widely believed that animals can tell when something big like that's coming. Um, when there's an earthquake or, you know, I've always heard, like, watch the animals if if all the animals start taking off like something or if the animals are heading towards high ground there's a good chance there's a lot of water coming your way yeah so um one of the the things that's listed says that these tales go back as far as 373 bc when it said that all animals rats snakes and even worms and beetles left the greek city of helice five days before it was destroyed by an earthquake so that's, you know, that even worms and beetles was getting the hell out. If worms and beetles are running. Shit's fixing to hit the fan. <laughs> you better run too. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of like me. If you see me running, you you better run. Yeah, because something's after him. Because yeah. we don't run for fun. No, no. Now, if you see her brother running, well, he's just dumb and wants to run. Yeah, he runs for fun and thinks that's a fun way to spend his time I don't, know. I don't mean that he's a dumb person i just mean i think running's dumb yeah running who wants to do that not this guy i'm happy fat you know if a serial killer's ever chasing me with a chainsaw he wins yeah i'm just i'm gonna <laughs> die quick instead of die tired like that's how it's gonna happen oh you went too far oh sorry i was still talking about catfish oh my bad my bad <laughs> so um japan has a tradition that claims that catfish can predict earthquakes um, scientists actually have tested this for 16 years, recording the behavior of a tank of catfish in Tokyo, and then compared it with records of seismic activity. The fish did become more active several days before an earthquake, but it turned out they were actually too sensitive to be useful predictors. 
because they reacted to very small earthquakes as well as really bad ones that would call for an actual warning. So do you think they were reacting to, say, footsteps vibrating? I don't I don't think they were reacting to just that, because they compared it to, like, seismic activity logs. Hey, look, there's Oscar again. Yeah, so I think, like, obviously I don't think the catfish would have been able to predict your little earthquake incident, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, mine, yeah, I don't know. Mine was felt probably like 22 miles away. Yeah, but so. there was no warning it was coming. See, because when earthquakes the, happen, the tremors the, start real yeah, low. Yeah, the tremors start in low ground. in the ground, and it's because of the plates rubbing together. Right, or going so, under each other. Right, so the animals can probably pick up on those vibrations before they actually become an earthquake. Right. So... And we can skip Oscar. We already talked about Oscar. Although that one says he's predicted 50 deaths. Uh, I think this one's lying. So, I don't know. But we like Oscar. Oh, Paul the World Cup Wonder Octopus. That's just a fun name. Boy, isn't it? I mean, how can you not enjoy this octopus? (laughs) He's the Wonder Octopus. Right. The World Cup Wonder (laughs) Octopus. So you, you want me to press on or you want to read about... drive on because... I'm sorry, guys. You'll just be color commentary tonight? (laughs) Um, yeah. Do you know what that means? You, you call me colored. No, I said color commentary. That That's, just means I add little tidbits. Yes, you just add the prettiness to the conversation. <laughs> you damn right I do. <laughs> so, Oscar the World Cup Wonder Octopus. Um, How do you say octopus? Octopus. So you say octopus? I actually usually say octopus. Hmm, Interesting. How are you supposed to say it? I don't know. I say octopus, and I also say topanga, and you get I mad I say octopus and topanga, because that's how you say them. Okay. Octopus <laughs> and topanga. Topanga. Yes, that's what I said. Topanga. <laughs> so, I, I really like how this <laughs> little tidbit about, the, about Paul the octopus starts out, because it says, sure, predicting life and death is impressive, but what about something really important to people? Sports. oh my gosh that's awful so paul was an octopus who lived at a german aquarium and he correctly predicted the winner of eight athletic games including the championships of the 2010 world cup so do you think that the guys out in vegas were uh hedging their bets with him i don't know says he flagged his choice by selecting a muscle from one of two boxes decorated with the flags of the competing countries so basically like he had equal boxes from what you know of muscles to pick from and he would choose and whichever one he picked from was his winner he was picking okay so but how many boxes were there two this some bitch got eight arms it can pick <laughs> a lot from each one well i guess whichever one he picked first is what they counted i don't know do I, it would it would really impress me if he only ate from that box. Yeah. Like, if he didn't touch the other box, then I'm impressed. Um, it says he gained worldwide fame, but some fans who didn't like his choices threatened to fry him up and serve him with sauce. Guess they want a little calamari action. Um, I mean, I've had squid before. But they missed their chance because a couple months after he predicted all this stuff, he died. Plain and simple. (laughs) He died. Done. So, Paul the Wonder Octopus was short-lived. But apparently octopus, octopus, 
pie. Octo pie. Octopuses. Octo pie. <laughs> Apparently, they don't live for a long time, anyways. No, so. but they are super, super smart. And I mean, they're so super cool. smart. Like, it's so cool to watch in an aquarium. Yes, I yes, mean, they are. I took that video when we went to Mobile of that octopus in the aquarium and could just sit and watch it over and over because it's just kind of floating around. And, and did, did they change colors? Did that one? That some was changing do. colors yeah, a little bit, do. wasn't it? All right, so we're driving on to... Yep, to a sheep in New Zealand named Sunny Wool. Okay. Um, he correctly predicted the winner of all his home team matches in the 2011 Rugby World Cup. Huh. No, I'm not going to say nothing smart about rugby players because they're some tough motherfuckers. <laughs> they beat your ass. Um... It says, like Paul, Sonny was fa- has found that being a psychic animal is dangerous. He was reportedly under 24-hour protection after receiving death threats over an incorrect prediction of a win, f- win for Ireland. Wow. So probably there were some people that started betting some big dollars on Sonny's predictions and lost a bunch of money and then thought it was the sheep's fault and wanted to kill them. Which is I mean, ridiculous. It's a sheep. Yeah, but you know what hey, you know what sheeps have? Wool. Lamb chops. Oh, not only lambs have lamb chops, sheep have sheep chops. Oh, uh, chops, chop, I don't <laughs> care. Sheep have mutton? Yes, mutton. Yeah. Look, I knew a thing. You did. Congratulations. You serve it with mint jelly and it all sounds disgusting. <laughs> mint jelly? Yeah. Is that kind of like that Fumunda cheese? No, it's an actual thing. Oh, okay. So is Fumunda. <laughs> well, that's not something you're supposed to eat. <laughs> I actually learned, you know I'm a picky eater, right? Yes, I know this. Okay, well, I had a, a boyfriend in junior high and was going to go over to his house, and his mom was from England, and my best friend was dating the brother, and she had told me about... This sounds a lot like Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, she had told me about when she went over there for dinner the first time, they had lamb with mint jelly. And the parents were definitely the, you eat what's served to you, you eat everything on your plate, very proper, that kind of thing. So I was scared to death. (laughs) There's no way I can force lamb and mint jelly down my throat. Like, I can't eat lamb because it's a cute animal. And mint jelly just sounds gross. Yeah, I'm out. But um, I think my picky eaterness like went ahead of me and like was warned. I think we had spaghetti when I went. Oh, nice! <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I was in the clear. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this crocodile with a penchant for politics. This is Harry the crocodile, <laughs> and in 2010. He weighed in on the closest Australian election for prime minister in years. He chose a chicken carcass that was decorated with a photo of the Labor Party's Julia Gillard instead of one plastered with an image of her opponent, which correctly predicted Gillard's victory. You know, here's the thing. How do we know we just didn't see that one first and go to it? I don't know. Maybe they put the taste of your chicken on that one. I mean, I can't see what chicken he's got in his mouth. I see the other chicken. It looks pretty straggly, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
It may have been a sickly chicken. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was like just a thigh, and this one's like the whole rotisserie. Uh, Polly won a profit. Polly won a profit. <laughs> <laughs> that that's fun to say too. Yes. So, um, stock market. I wouldn't know where to begin trying to do stocks. Me neither. Um, we pay a guy. No, we don't. We don't have any stocks. <laughs> your four hundred one k. Oh, not mine. Oh, you're you're different, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm a state employee. <laughs> um. So, in South Korea, there was a parrot who proved better than most humans at picking the stocks that would perform successfully. Her return on investment was 13.7%, which was better than all but two of the ten human participants in the study, who averaged a 4.6% loss. So, I guess that just goes to show, like, the stock market, you're better not knowing what you're doing and just randomly picking. Uh, not me. Or maybe that parrot was really smart. Yeah. And really had been to business school and did some research on gains and bear and bull and other stock words. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I mean, we, there's our stock knowledge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't like birds anyway, so. Okay. They didn't even name that one. That's not real cool. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit this last one right here. Okay. Then we're going to do a little quick wrap-up. Then we're going to publish this, and I'm going to go to bed. Okay. All right, so animals that can predict weather. Oh, no. I don't want this one. I want the one with the, the urban legends. You mean the, the one with the animals that can predict if humans are sick or not? That kind of thing? No, I thought one of these was uh, animal folklore that could predict this. It is. Oh, okay. Can cows predict the weather? Yes. Yes, they can. <laughs> the end. Bye, folks. <laughs> that, that's, I mean, they're, they're, you will not convince me any different. You know why? <laughs> because I used to mow the roads for the county, and for eight hours a day, I drove by cattle farm after cattle farm after cattle farm, and I've watched and... Usually, if 75 to 80% of the herd was hay- laying down, it's going to rain. Yeah. And um, that was with, you know, multiple farms on a single given day. So, I believe it. And this one I hadn't heard, though, that says if the cow stands with its tail to the west, the weather is said to be fair. And if it turns with its tail to the east, it's said to turn sour. I've never heard that either. Um. <clears throat> The um Oh, that's horse shit. What? Not literally, but <laughs> expect rain when dogs eat grass. Cats purr and wash. Well that's horse shit too because I mean, they always cat, purr and wash. Yeah, we have one cat that doesn't know how to not purr. Like we think he's sick if he doesn't purr. <laughs> he 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 sometimes will stop purring when he's asleep. Or eating. Sometimes. Yeah. Um so Wait, yeah, hang on, what's this? Sheep often turn into the wind. And sniff the air. Oh, that's oxen sniff the air. Horseshit. <laughs> if a bull leads the cows to the pasture, expect rain. If the cows go ahead of the bull, the weather will be uncertain. Uh, so, if the bull's in front, it's going to rain. The cows are in front, it still might rain. 
Okay, I don't buy into that one, though. <laughs> well, I, I like the way this one's worded. When hungry bites the thirsty flea, rain and clouds, you sure, sal- sure sal- shall see. I couldn't say it. <laughs> you sure as hell see. <laughs> but, I mean, don't fleas just always bite? I'm pretty sure that's their sole mission in life yeah. is to bite. When cats sneeze, it's a sign of rain. Oh, no. I will have to study that one. Yeah, we'll have to watch the cats sneezing. And there's your cows lying yep. down in the pasture. When, when cattle lie rain. down in pastures, yep. When horses and cattle stretch out their necks and sniff the air, it will rain. Look, there's one of our woolly bears. It is. That's a that big brown That has a big strop. old thick brown strop. I've never seen one that big. I don't think I have either. Have you ever seen a solid black one? I don't think so. That, that's pretty weird. Yeah, that does sound weird. If a mole digs its hole two and a half feet deep, it expects severe weather. If two feet deep, not so severe. If one foot deep, a mild winter. So go kick the mole out of its hole. I don't know what you do if it's like two feet and three inches. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> two, two and a half feet. Is severe weather. Yeah. Two feet's not so severe. <laughs> so two two point three is like <laughs> maybe. It's gonna weather. When pigs gather leaves and straw in the fall, expect a cold winter. I'm betting when pigs gather leaves and straw in the fall is because somebody gave them leaves and straw to play in. Probably so. I don't think I've ever Well, I mean I've seen pigs out in the pasture. Um but I don't think I've ever seen anything like them gathering yeah, stuff. Yeah, like building a house. I think if they gather leaves and straw, expect a big bad wolf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the moral of the story <laughs> is use brick. Yes, use brick. Yeah. Or at least vinyl siding. When rabbits are fat in October and November, expect a long, cold winter. I mean, I thought they always fattened up before winter so they didn't have to go out and get food. That's kind of what I thought. I don't don't like the way those sheep are staring at us, though, in that picture. That one smiling. I I thought the one that had its eyes closed, that the tags in its ears were its eyes for a minute, and it really tripped me out. (laughs) Poor sheep. If sheep ascend hills and scatter, expect clear weather. Well, actually, what has happened there? Is the dog is not doing its job. The dog? Yeah, the sheep dog. Oh, that keeps them all together? Yes. Oh, okay. Bats flying late in the evening indicates fair weather. Bats fly from dusk till dawn. Maybe they sleep late if it's going to be nice out. N- no, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's how it works. <laughs> well, that's what that says. I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. Wolves always howl more before a storm. I can see that. They're getting all fired up because they're excited. The electricity in the air. Based off what little I know of wolves, I'm going to substitute wolves with the um, coyote. And the coyotes, when it rains, they will run more because most things bed down. So they are out trying to, Mm. to jump something. Yeah, gotcha. Um... It also says, did you know you can predict the temperature by measuring how often crickets chirp? I did know that. I don't remember how, like, it's like 
you take how many times they chirp in 10 seconds and or in a minute and that's the temperature or something. I am not going to lie. My attention span will not let that happen. <laughs> um, I do want to go. I know you, you wanted to call it after this. No, that's cool. Um, but I do want to talk for a minute about animals that can sense things in humans um, because I have a personal story on that one. Okay. Um, and and we don't even necessarily have to go with the. Well, the it's article. only it's five. It, yeah, it's pretty short. So, um, but the first one kind of goes with what I wanted to talk about, um, and that's dogs. They're well known for their skills of detection. Everybody knows a dog's sense of smell is very keen. Um, research has su- suggested. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Um, <laughs> Research has suggested that dogs can detect breast cancer in 88% of cases and lung cancer with 99% accuracy. I can see that. They also can sense high and low blood sugar levels in people with diabetes. Oh, were you going to talk about our friend? No, I was going to talk about my kid. Oh. Um, But we can talk oh, about both. right. I forgot about... Yeah. So... There are specially trained... um, Diabetic dogs. Yeah, diabetic dogs. I was trying to think of what they're... Service dogs. That's the word. Oh, yeah. Service dogs. Sorry. Yeah. Um, That are trained to detect blood sugar levels and will alert their person when they notice that their blood sugar is getting too high or too low so that they can treat it, check their blood sugar, treat it, do whatever they need to do. Um, But my parents had a dog... And I've mentioned on here before that my oldest is type 1 diabetic. Well, before he was diagnosed, their dog suddenly started, like, would not leave his side for anything. And usually that dog would be stuck to my middle kid, who is autistic. But he totally abandoned him. And switched over to my oldest son and would literally, like, I mean, was all over him. As soon as he would sit down, he was in his lap. He would get up. He would follow right behind him on his heels. And this dog would not leave him until I got him diagnosed. And when we came back from the hospital and his blood sugar level was regulated and he didn't have the ketones and all that stuff, all the technical terms, the dog went back to my other kid. True story. So, if we had known, I guess, that dog was pretty good at predicting... Sugar issues. Sugar issues. And we kind of joked, and, you know, like, if that dog came over to one of us, we're like, uh-oh, what's wrong with me? Am I sick? Right. Because, like I said, the the kid that he normally would follow around is autistic, so he's got issues, too. So, that dog was just sensing all kinds of things, but I think he was smelling the, the blood sugar. Um... Fruit flies. I don't think you want to service fruit fly. Um, you know what? Hang on. You did not mention Winston. I didn't. Um, I mentioned service dogs. I didn't know if you wanted to mention Winston particularly. Well, we like Winston because Win- Winston is a friend of ours. He is a dog. Yes, and he he comes. His his people come to a lot of um, Blackberry Smoke concerts. Um, and if you don't know who Blackberry Smoke is, check them out. They're a great band. Um, not sponsored. <laughs> Uh, and Winston comes to the shows with his people, and he has become kind of a staple for the for the crowd that 
go to all the shows. He's got little shoes. He's got t-shirts that he, he wears. He wears a vest that you know says "Do not pet me." But, but yeah, that doesn't apply at Blackberry Smoke shows because he's he's friends with everybody there. He, he is Winston, so yeah. and he he hangs out at the concert. He has little earmuffs to protect his little ears. And I forgot what kind of dog he is. He's a big one. He is he is a large puppers. He's sweet. And yeah, super super nice dog. And it's just good to see that they accommodate. His people and Winston. Do you remember when he went missing? Oh, it was horrible. I mean, fans what? literally all over the country were devastated that this dog had. And fans had were run taken off. to the streets in Atlanta looking for him. Yeah, because um, that's where they're from. It's over in the ATL. Yeah, and he came home. It it took like three weeks or something. But three weeks, and somebody dropped him off. Yep. So. Somebody, somebody had picked him up. And, and like literally came up on the porch and got him, and it, it the pressure got pretty hot there for a little bit. Yeah, and the brothers and sisters were going to cut somebody if they didn't bring him back. Right, <laughs> so we needed our Winston home. <laughs> we got him back, and everything is all good. Yeah. So that's our story about Winston. Yeah, he's he's a sweet pupper. I think he has a Facebook page. Yeah, uh, he may do it. We'll post a link. <laughs> um. So, way less interesting. Fruit flies. Eh. Yeah. Um, an Italian study found that fruit flies can react to scents of certain cancer cells and can differentiate between certain types of cancer and breast cancer. Hmm. So, but I'd rather, you know, have lab tests and a doctor determine what kind of cancer I have than a fruit fly sniffing I'm not going to lie. I'd rather have the mouse. <laughs> Go ahead and read that one. A mouse, um, U.S. scientists have shown mice can be trained to identify avian flu in the feces of ducks with 90% accuracy. <laughs> so they've trained these mice to sniff duck poop. Yep. <laughs> can can they sniff people poop and detect the COVID? You would think they could. So. Unless it's like one of them really bad ones. Everybody get you a mouse. Um, See if you got the COVID. Pigeons. Pigeons. Which are just rats with wings. And I think people eat pigeons, don't they? I don't know. They're rats with wings. Um, <laughs> researchers have proven it's possible to train pigeons to differentiate between malignant and benign cancer cells, particularly breast cancer cells. Why has everyone got all these animals on their boobs? That's weird. After one day of training, pigeons were identifying malignant cells with 50% accuracy, but that jumped to 85% accuracy by day 15 of training. That's impressive. I'll give it that. I mean, I guess if you can train these animals and take them over to countries where they don't have, like... Electricity? Yeah, and don't have the ability to do, like, mammograms and stuff and just let pigeons land on everybody's boobs and, <laughs> you know, you might can help some people. I don't know. Um... And then our last one is the Gambian Pouched Rat, which is also called the Giant African Pouched Rat. Sounds like a little kangaroo to me. Um, <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> it has been trained by humans to uncover landmines and detect tuberculosis. That, How do those go together? Uh, you know, <laughs> horseshoes and hand grenades. You know what? Like, Find this landmine and tell me how, how you feel about this cough (laughs) (laughs) but okay now marsupials keep their young in a pouch right yes 
So this mouse probably is not a marsupial. It probably just has a pouch. I guess. Because I don't recall. We only have one marsupial in America. Well, this is in Africa. Yeah, this so it is don't in matter. Africa. So it doesn't matter how many we have here. Yeah, okay. I retract my statement. I'm but tired. the marsupial here is the possum, right? Correct. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess go cough on a rat and it'll tell you if you have TB. <laughs> How's it going to tell me? Is it going to go push a button? <laughs> have you seen the TikTok with the dog that has all the buttons it can push and string sentences together? Yes, it freaks me out. That's kind of cool. And it really does talk, though. And like, it, it knows what it's saying. It's not prompted. This this puppers literally goes through and hits the words that he wants to say to his owner. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go outside, and she's like, "No, we're not going outside." And it goes outside, please. And she's like, "No, I'm not going outside." And it says, "Mama, outside." It's like, this is weird. Yeah, it's kind of neat to watch though. Yeah, uh, TikTok. Definitely a smart dog though. Greatest waste of time ever. So all right, so there was our little animal show. Um, I guess. You know, like I said, we're going to have a good topic next week. Um, oh, and we went on a local ghost tour um, with a a group of investigators out of, where are they out of? Coleman? Coleman. They are out of Coleman. And the name of the... Southern Ghost Girls. Southern Ghost Girls. Um, and... The, the founder of the organization has agreed to come on the show and give us an interview, but we have vacation coming up. Then the week after she has vacation coming up. So it's coming. It, it'll be here, and it's going to be very interesting because they do a great job with their investigations. And We went on one tour last Friday. We've got another one booked for this Friday with yeah. them. And, you know, for us, this was our first experience using a um, a spirit box and the dowsing rods for communication with spirits. It was super cool. It was cool. Um, once you get used to it, it's kind of strange ask, asking questions into to nothingness and then literally seeing a response out of something. And I'm not going to tell everything because I don't want to give it away, but... But there was I did I did I did not realize the huge German heritage of Coleman. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. So uh, very educational and, and very informative. You did get called out. I did. So I'll, I will do a brief on this one, super quick. So we were in conversation with one of the guides, and he said something about growls, and I was like, "Oh, that would be cool." Well, he goes. You're probably going to get to hear growls on the uh, spirit box down at this other spot. Well, we went to the other spot, and I sh- no joke, you heard the growl. The The guide looked at me and said, I told you. And then across the spirit box, you hear, Dwayne. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Called him out. It growled just for him. And we got it on video. We do. So we um we really enjoyed that though. We're gonna go back out this week and we we took Dwayne's daughters with us last week. We're gonna take my oldest with us this week and all per their choice, we're not forcing them to experience ghosts and not leaving anybody out that doesn't want to be left out, but those are our ones that are interested in it. So yep. so I guess we'll do a little housekeeping. Housekeeping. You want a towel? 
Um, our music, you know, we talked about Blackberry Smoke. Well, there's another good band, and they let us play their song at the beginning and end of our show. They're called House of Curses. Go check them out. <laughs> that was a wonderful promo. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, so, Sunday. So here's another band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you want to look at some of our pictures from some of our episodes, some of our road trips, that kind of stuff, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at WTF Was That Pod. And then our email address is WTFWTPodcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email with ideas for the show, uh, critiques, things that you like, things that you don't like. Things that you just want to say hi, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you would like, you can also share our page with your friends. Yeah, share it on your Facebook, invite friends, tell tell people about the show. Um, like I said, not sure next week what date it it will be up in the air. We may have a dark week. Yeah, it depends um, on on timing and if we can just get everything scheduled out because it's vacation, but it's like kind of busy vacation yeah we've we've we ha- we're taking a shorter vacation than usual partly because of the covid and my daughter has a interview with her professors to go over her subject for her thesis monday yeah so we're i'm having or we are having to wait a day to go down yeah so we're kind of cramming what would normally be a week of vacation into like three and a half days yeah so it's it's going to be hectic. So we probably won't have time to record there, and we're not coming back until Friday night. So not it may just be a dark week, but then we're going to have a really good episode because we're going to be talking about something that's very haunted, and we're going to have we will give ghost you a hunting hint. experience. We have a new listener that commented on the Facebook page, or he liked the Facebook liked page. the Facebook page from St. Augustine, Florida. Yes. So hint, hint. they will probably know more about this topic than what we know right now. But um, you'll have lots of, of good stuff to listen to. That may end yep. up being a long episode when we finally get to it. But other than that, thanks for bearing with us this rough couple of weeks. You know, new normal and all that. There's right. no normal anymore. Um, we don't forget about all of the things that are going on. Yeah, so, but I think we've we've managed to throw some interest in there, so... And I'm I'm getting really good at not editing. So if the editing seems a little off, it's because I'm not doing it. Period. Yeah, he's adding music in and putting it up. So yep. Um, but hopefully we get back to a normal routine of things when we get back from our trip and can get back to maybe some deeper investigated topics and that kind of stuff. Right. And like I said, we're going to we're going to get um, the founder of our ghost tours on and. And, and there were some deeper, darker things we could have talked about this week, but just we weren't really feeling it with everything that was going on. No, so. not at all. So. Yeah. so animals it is. Animals it is. And guys, we appreciate y'all sticking with us. Yep. Hit the button.